John Thomas, great job, man. Great job this morning. Yeah, as Travis was sharing that, I was just reading Psalm 68, 6. It says, God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoner into prosperity, and only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. So if you are willing this morning, that's all you have to be is willing, you will go into prosperity. If you're rebellious, you won't. <laughs> but <laughs> it's all you have to do is be willing. So if that, if you're like, I've been wanting to be free for a long time, just be willing. It happens. There are people sitting amongst you that have been set free in like the past couple of weeks from something. Whether it was like addiction that felt like it was consuming their life or it was anger or if it was negative thinking. Sometimes we get all wrapped up like, well, I don't deal with addiction. I don't use drugs. Well, good for you. But whatever your thing is that has more control over you than Jesus, like people are getting set free. It is a season for freedom. I just love it. I love people getting set free. It's not what I'm up here to do. So, um, all right, we've got a couple of announcements. This is our love poster. We have challenged everyone at the awakening to share Jesus with one person by the end of the year. I mean, you got about 34 more days, okay? So if you hadn't, you need to get to it. When you do, if you know their name, you color in a space and write their name. If you don't know their name, just color in a space. So share Jesus. If you don't know how to share Jesus, come talk to our ministry team afterwards and they'll tell you how. Because that's a real thing. Some of us have never shared Jesus with anyone. And it can be a little scary. We'll give you courage. All right. Um, this is in your chair. If you would like to connect with the awakening, help me, honey. Um, okay, this is our text in church number. So if you would like to get connected, you can text this number, family or welcome. This is all in the card in your chair. And some fun things will happen to your text messages when you do that. So um, welcome or family depending on kind of how you feel about the awakening. Is it your home or are you visiting? Um, if you'd like to give, the other side tells you about how to give through Tithely. We also accept old school giving back in the tithe box in the back. And right beside the tithe box, old school means like checks or cash. Um, so there's a bulletin for the quarter. We have one event left on the front, the bonfire at our house. It's going to be fun. We've been testing out the fire pit lately a good bit, okay? So it works well, and we're excited about having Joel Goddard and his worship team come and lead us in Christmas carols and worship, and it's at, I think we might move up the time, but it'll be probably around 6. It says 7. On the 8th at our house in Farmington, and then also on the back side of this, it talks a little bit about our... Um, our text in church. And so AYA is meeting this week at um, Gracie and Jesse's house, and it's their Christmas party. No? Normal. Oh, next Tuesday. I'm sorry. This Thursday is normal. Next Tuesday is a Christmas party. So not Thursday, Tuesday. Awakening Young Adults is a very um, generous term. They accept anyone 
you don't have to really be young. But if you are young, it's your place. So um, whatever you consider yourself, AYA is a really fun way to get connected with people at the awakening. And we also have small group this week at 1050 Baxter Street. And Travis will be leading small group this week. It is at, it's on this sheet, it is at 630, 1050 Baxter. And it's our last small group for the semester, so until the end of the year. And I, there's a lot of new people here this morning. Welcome to the Awakening. It's your first time here. Thanks for coming to worship with us. This is fun to get to worship together. Uh, I think sometimes we forget that not everybody gets to do this, right? Not everybody gets to worship freely around the world. Um, not everyone has a community to worship with and gets to see God do amazing things in other people's lives. One of my favorite things about the body of Christ is that we are an army together and we get to see other people's victories. You know, if you don't have a community, then the only victories you get to experience are your own. You know, like one or two a year. <laughs> right? <laughs> but when you're in community, you get to experience victories all the time. Because people, people are fighting. But you got to fight with them. So you got to get muddy. It's got to get messy in order for you to experience other people's victories. And so that's what the awakening is really good at. And Casey Graham is going to be preaching this morning. Do you have one more word before that? And she is really amazing at fighting for people. So one of my favorite things about Casey is that she's not afraid to get in the mud with people. Many of you, she's gotten in the mud with you. She's not afraid to tell you like it is and speak the truth into your life and let the chips fall where they may. And they all come out because she just speaks the truth comes out on top. I mean, she wants people to live in the presence of God, to live victorious. She's an overcomer. Casey has overcome so much in her life, and God wins. The enemy rues the day that he decided to try to take out Casey because she spent her life drawing others into his presence, and so I'm honored to call Casey my friend, and y'all are going to really be blessed this morning. I'm going to let Travis come first, and then Casey's going to come bring the word. Travis will pray for you, Casey, before you get started. Uh, I had a word for Thomas. Thomas, don't walk off. <laughs> uh, I had a picture, Thomas, of the Lord. Uh, it, was, it was like the wind, the wind of the Lord, but it was, you know, his breath, which is one and the same type thing. And uh, I saw it, so he's given me pictures from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You, you seen that movie? All right. Um, and so he's like blowing off, well, this one is actually from Raiders of the Lost Ark, but he's blowing off dust off of the ark that's been hidden under, under sand and stuff. And I felt like I saw the Lord doing that on your, on your uh, brain. And so he was breathing on you, and it was... The breath was creating these new grooves in your brain. So it was like giving you a new brain. And I just felt like uh, he's giving you the mind of Christ. 
in a in a new and fresh way, just thinking in a new in a new way. But that's where in like in this season of life, God really wants to teach you how to love Him with your mind, because that's what He tells us to do: love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then I also saw. Uh, this is the last crusade part where, you know, Harrison Ford's reading, um, only the penitent man shall pass. Penitent man. Neil! You know, he goes down and the buzzsaw misses him. But I feel like that's the Lord just wants you to notice. He sees you. You have a penitent heart. You're, you're willing to ask for forgiveness when you do wrong, but you also have a humble heart. And the Lord loves that about you, man, that you will kneel before uh, that thing takes your head off, you know, and, but you, the Lord loves you, man. He's doing a new thing in you right now. That's really beautiful. And uh, just receive the work. Just all you got to do is say yes, Lord, to what he's doing in your life. So bless you, man. Casey, come on up, darling. Darling's part of her love language. So anyway. <laughs> Father, we thank you for KC. We bless her, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the word of the Lord that's hidden in her heart. And Lord, just that what's in her heart will come out of her mouth as she shares. And we thank you for the power of the gospel, Lord, that whenever the, the gospel is preached, signs and wonders follow. And, uh, and people are set free and liberated that you went around doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil, destroying the works of the devil. So, Jesus, thank you for your ministry this morning, Holy Spirit. We bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I'm going to do is a flea flicker. Jonathan Tatum, come on up here, please, sir. That was a football term, in case y'all didn't know. All right, so uh, I just got the feeling that God is really wanting to heal backs today. Um, anybody that has, uh, especially lower back trouble, but anywhere in your back, if you have Ongoing chronic back pain. Uh, please stand up, and we want to we want to pray for you. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so if you're around them, uh, you're the ministry team. Stand up, put your hands on them, and uh, and let's pray for them. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your healing presence this morning, and we just we just release the kingdom on these folks, on their back. I would just say. The cells of your body come into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. And we just thank you for healing in these backs, for strong backs, for pain to leave these bodies in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Test it out a little bit. Anybody got any, any progress there? Yeah? All right. We just say yes, God. We say yes to healing and backs in Jesus' name, to health and people's bodies. Uh, one more thing. Um, I keep hearing financial breakthrough, financial breakthrough. So if you are, um, specifically, if you feel like you have been in a season of uh, feeling like you're in survival mode where there's never enough, where uh, where you really just need breakthrough, I want you to stand up. I know that's kind of a step of faith, but uh, I want you to stand up. Okay. So we serve a God of abundance. We serve uh, a God that has no lack. And as Travis said this morning, you're seated at the right hand of the Father. And everything that he has, so do you. 
and everything that you have, if you just give it to him, it's just this beautiful exchange that we have with God. So, um, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for abundance. We thank you for breakthrough in the lives of our friends here. We thank you for, uh, for strategies, for, uh, for finances, God. We ask for mentors to come around these people to teach them uh, what they need to know about stewarding money and about generosity. God, we thank you for generous hearts above all else because there is no lack. You can freely give and you can freely receive. So we just, I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, another toss-off. Kaylee Anderkin. Okay, um, I got a word for the girl in the back in the pink with the blonde hair. Hey. <laughs> um, so I was just praying, um, and I kind of wanted to declare this over the church as well. But there were two things that came to my mind, and the first thing was actually the wilderness. And um, so it's kind of funny. I've been reading through Deuteronomy, which is all about the Israelites being in the wilderness, and they were so lost. And, but I felt like the Lord was saying, like, you actually thrive in the wilderness because um, I think oftentimes it brings fear and loneliness because it feels so unknown. But I think the Lord is saying... She, he's saying that, my daughter, you have such a strong footing in me and you trust me that in the unknown, it actually gives you space to create and to try new things and take chances with him. Um, and so that was the first thing. Um, and then on top of that, I heard the word multiplication. And I just, <laughs> in that place of you creating and influencing, I think the Lord is just going to multiply it a thousandfold. Um, and it's, you don't really have to do anything. Like he's just going to take everything that you do and multiply it. And so each person you're impacting, that person is going to be so impacted by you. And they're just going to feel the Holy Spirit just flowing right out of you that they're going to take that with them. And they're going to influence 10 more people. Um, and so uh, Jeremiah 17, 4, or actually, just kidding. Yeah, 17, 8. It says, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And I just feel like the Lord just wants to imprint that on your heart this morning, that you're always going to bear fruit and that your leaves are always going to be green and that you get to take chances and create. I just feel like you have a wild adventurous spirit about you. So go for it. All right, and then I have one for Miss Christina. <laughs> um, I'm going to read first the scripture over you and then just the picture that I had over you, okay? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. 
So I just had this picture of the Lord dancing over your victory in the past several months. Like there's just been, you've been in this process of breakthrough for a while now, but there's literally a celebration in heaven going on because of your life and because of your surrender and because of your yes and because of your, your saying no more to this. And I draw a line here and this is not going to continue to be my generational line. So the Lord is just, he's all over you on that. He, he's excited for you. He's excited for your life. And there's things that you are doing right now that statistically is not likely. But who is to come against us when the Lord is for us? And when the enemy comes against us, what can he do when the Lord is for us? You are so protected and you are so hidden in him. And so what he's saying when um, he says, it is they who stumble and fall. When somebody else attempts to make you fall, because God is your strong tower, they fall. Because who can come against a strong tower? So I just want to encourage you in the strength of the Lord. And encourage you in just that you are so good and you are so right. Not because you feel like it, but because God says so. And what he says so trumps all of our feelings. And so I want to bless you in that. And I'm so grateful to have you in the midst of this body because you spark revival, girl. You do. Okay? All right. Well, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Um, I love the prophetic, y'all. We speak in tongues to edify ourselves. We prophesy to edify the body. And I love corporate words because if you discern somebody doesn't brush their teeth twice a day, then you hear somebody correct you and say they're a revivalist. We're going to focus on the fact they're a revivalist, okay? Um, so... <laughs> um, so I am going to essentially preach the gospel from the perspective of Matthew, specifically Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read a couple of parables and expand on that. So let me give you a second. Not all of us did Bible drills in Awanas. <laughs> I love to laugh, y'all. I don't. Mm -mm. I don't like being a stick in the mud. I don't want y'all looking at me. What? What is it? Communion face? Is that what y'all call it? Yeah, I don't like communion face. Um, I love. I love to be interactive. Your family. I'm your family. What I do, you do. What you do, I do. So we're just of the same stream. All right. Matthew thirteen. Forty four. The parable of the hidden treasure. When the Lord first told me that he wanted me to touch on this, I'm like, yep, that's one verse. I need a little more than that. Um, and so he gave me a little more. But let's start here. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Sometimes we got to read it twice. Sometimes the first time we read it, we ain't quite there yet. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has. He goes and sells all that he's familiar with. He goes and sells all of his comfort. He goes and sells all of his conveniences. And he buys that field. That's terrifying. At least in a carnal mind. That's really terrifying. To sell what we know and what we have 
what we're familiar with for something that we know it has treasure, but this field has yet to be cultivated. Why would we give up something that has already established to start something new? I don't know, but God does that. So in this, I just saw this picture of Jesus. I saw a picture of him sitting in heaven and the Lord unveiling all of us as his treasures. And there was not a lamb worthy on this earth. And so Jesus says, send me. I'll go get him. Not only was he the man that bought the field, but he was also the man that paid the price. And I just want to emphasize on that. That regardless of what you think about yourself, what you think about a certain people group, what you think about a certain culture, Jesus said, that's mine. And what would happen if we actually started agreeing with God? That we agreed with him that he loves all people of all kinds. Now, I'm not touching on sin issues. I'm not talking about that. Like, love abounds. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. The grace to be free from sin. I'm not going into all that. I just want to focus on whatever person, whatever kind of person it is that you have a hard time honoring or you have a hard time giving grace to or even praying for, I just want to say Jesus died for them too. And what would it look like if we said yes to that person? So something that I've shared a few weeks ago when my husband and I preached was just the walk, walking things out throughout my life with my dad, walking out forgiveness. Like, he abused me in every sense of the term. Don't have to go into details. But what did it look like when I said Jesus died for him too and that what he manifested was not what he was called? What if I looked at it that way? It ensues forgiveness in my heart. It sets me free. And it, it gives the opportunity for the Lord to wreck him. He doesn't need my forgiveness to wreck him, but it just helps me to come into agreement with that. And I'm okay with, with the revenge of God being setting him free. How much more revenge is it that when somebody inflicts pain on us, that when somebody does something to harm us or harm somebody we love, that the revenge of God is not tormenting or even taking that person out, but it's actually setting that person free so that they can turn the gun back on the enemy. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So this is the gospel, y'all. This is good news. Good news is that not only are we set free, but we are so set free that we can in turn pray and set others free. That we get to co-labor with daddy. And we get to look others in the eye and say, he chooses you. And no matter what you smell like or look like, I choose you too. So my heart this morning... I just want to I just want to stir us for deeper and for just for better all the way around. I just want us all we've a lot of us have been in a really good place and we're comfortable and you know we witness to a person a week or even a month whatever that looks like or we're discipling one specific person in our life and it's good but I just I feel in my spirit that the Lord is like okay more it's not even like you really need to get on with your life and do more. It's just he's excited to bring us into more. That's his heart. And that's how he talks to us. It's so, it's so loving. The chast the, when, when the Lord chastises us, it makes you want to crawl into his lap. It's like, it's like, okay, I won't do that anymore. Can I cuddle now? And that's like, that's me speaking too. But, um, but anyways, I just, I want you to know that you were that treasure hidden in a field. You were revealed, and in salvation, he hid you. 
And he went back. And he said, I'll take this field. And he bought you with himself, the ultimate price. If Jesus' sacrifice isn't good enough, then what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, something else I love about the scripture that my husband actually said this. Only those that have done this before would think this. So this man, <laughs> this man was trespassing in this par parable. He was on land he didn't own. And my husband says, why was he on somebody else's land? I'm like, mm, that's a good word. Jesus loves to trespass on en enemy territory. He does. He loves to go there and say, oh, yep, that one's mine too, and to restore him to the kingdom. And so what if we are challenged? What if we decide that we're going to start trespassing on enemy territory and not stay within four walls of our home, our church, or our job, but we trespass into a bar that's, you know, not the kind that you meet, you have church in, you know, but <laughs> not the kind that's good and calm on a Sunday morning, but you go there on a Saturday night and the Lord leads you there. And, you know, what if? Like, I, I just love dreaming about outreach of what could ensue. And only there's only one person in there that the Lord sent you after. And what if that night that person gets set free? Like, what if we got so over our fears that we did something that agrees with God and agrees with heaven and something actually happened? What if you got rejected? And I'm like, rejection's cool. It's not about us, you know. And then the thing is, is that that person that rejected you has to be haunted for the rest of their lives that God pursued them in the flesh because you are embodying Jesus. I love that. I, I just trust that God haunts people with that. Um, he, Holy Ghost. Um, yeah. So the Father wants his treasures revealed and not buried. He wants to reveal all of us to the world as we are in him. We don't have to conform to the world. We don't have to do something that makes us look a little more relatable. All we have to do is love radically. Get past all condition, past all sin. Let's do this. Imagine whether it's a person in your life right now, or maybe not even in your life, or a people group, or a particular kind of culture that you have the hardest time honoring. I want you to imagine those people or that person. Now, some of when we do that, sometimes you, your heart may flutter a little bit because you maybe carry an anger or frustration with that people group. Now, what does God say? And you know what God says. This is going to be a little bit annoying. God, what does God say over that person, over those people? I'm like, Casey, I know Jesus died for them too, but I can't stand them. I'm like, what if what they did was not a manifestation of who you are, but who they are? And we didn't take it so personal anymore. You know, that's just another level of freedom that we get to step into. You know, my, what my dad did to me, what my mom did, what my brothers and sisters did, that was not a manifestation of what I, what I was or what I, or what I attracted as a kid. It was a manifestation of their heart and their wrong standing with God. And it's, it's heartbreaking when you know what the Lord wants for somebody and wants for your family, but sin. Now, he's way more powerful than sin, and then there's this fine line of, you know, us saying yes or us still choosing no. 
but what would it look like if we actually started praying with heart and passion for those people and actually started believing that God could overcome whatever it was that they were struggling with or whatever it was that they were manifesting? What if we started believing that? That's agreeing with God. So there's that. That one was free. I'm about to have to start charging you. Um, I love this. Let me just throw this one in there. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, whom, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. It's an expensive pearl. Y'all are expensive. You know, and some of us, we're frugal, and, you know, we like to look at a bargain. And that's fine and good, and you know, carnally, if you look for, the, for a good deal. But in heaven, he sees you as extravagant because he's extravagant, and he extravagantly spent his life on you. So I wanted to go into this parable as well. And like I said, this is just, I want to focus on just a couple of specific things about the gospel. Um, I want us to be stirred to do whatever. If you, like, don't know how to read the Bible straight up, come ask ministry team, pastors, leaders, or somebody you trust that you know that, reads the Bible, like, we'll help you in that. You can't do it without the Spirit. It turns into law, and it turns, it, it's confusing. It's confusing when you don't have the Holy Spirit breathing on it and making things add up. All right, so the parable of the weeds, Matthew 13, 24. put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field but while his men were sleeping his enemy came and sowed the weeds among the wheat and went away so when the plants came up and bore grain then the weeds appeared also and the servants of the master of the house came and said to him Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So this is just a really, there's a little nugget in here that's just, it really goes to who are we blaming, whether it's for our good, bad, ugly, things that we're confused about. So while the men were sleeping, it was, it was, the, it was the man, it was the Lord who sowed good seed. And while we were sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed bad seed. And it wasn't until that seed bore fruit that we knew that bad seed was sown. And so in this scripture, I just want to encourage us to be awake. To be awake in our daily life. Now, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, chill out and have a good time and stuff like that. But if, if vegging out is your evening routine... You are meant for a lot more than that. 
and I am preaching from the book of KC, okay? Anything that I share with you is either because I've walked through it, I'm going through it, whatever. Like, this is not something that I can't relate to. There's times after either, if it's a long day's work, if it's school, I want to do nothing but watch something funny or do something that that produces no good, whether it's for myself, for my household, or for those around me. And so in this, I just want to, I just want to tell you what happens when we sleep all the time. Is that bad seed gets planted into the fields that we're trusted to steward. And we don't know it until it bears fruit. And now we have to le- live with those weeds until harvest time. And so there's, I mean, the, you know, the literal interpretation of this is talking about salvation and, you know, growing up with the world and the day of judgment and, you know, a whole lot of theological something or other here. Um, but I wanted to get this to just where we are today. Like, where have you been planted? Where have you been planted? Whether it's your where you live, what county you live in, the region, the school, the workplace, the church. Where have you been planted that God wants you to remain awake and take take shifts, take shifts of being awake, and you steward each other and you steward the people in 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 and around you. And that doesn't always look like an audience of 10 for somebody in, you know, in a specific place. Sometimes that looks like one. That's my favorite is one. God, give me one in this moment. And so I just want us to be stirred to say, okay, Lord. Like, you know, you may be already feeling a little bit of conviction for something specific. It's not saying that you have to completely get rid of something, although there may be something that that's the case. But it's just that we steward our time better and we steward our relationships better. It is terrifying to say, I choose you, and to question whether or not somebody chooses us back. But when you have the perspective that it's not about us and it's about Him and what He wants to do in somebody, then it's freeing. It's just, it's good. It's like, wow, you know, I, I get to choose you because I can. Regardless of what you say, Regardless of what you do, regardless of what you look like, I get to choose you because I have the power to do so. And it's a big revelation to people. I didn't know this revelation until a couple of years ago, but you're like actually a really powerful person. You're in control of you. And you don't have to be worried about if somebody else is trying to control you. And if, if the Lord, you know, brings that to attention, like, hey, in this area we're dealing with control, then surrender that to him and say, Daddy, show me what it looks like to be free. And that jacks some of us up because sometimes being controlled is comforting because then I don't have to make any decisions for my, myself. But it's hard because you are powerful. I know that sounds redundant. It even may sound cliche sometimes, but you are powerful regardless of what you feel like, regardless of the choices you've made in the past, regardless of whether or not you, you lack self-control in an area of your life. So, um, there was something that I saw a few weeks ago in prayer during family time before service and I saw a pile of logs like a really big bonfire and I saw the hand of the Lord come down with the stick over the bonfire and he was going to start the fire by hand 
started rubbing a stick into the top log. And as sparks started to fly, that stick turned into a sword. And I just felt him say that for, for many of us, for the body of Christ, he's setting us ablaze again. And I believe that revival is not one week under a tent. It's not one really good meeting on an evening. It's not even just, you know, a house church meeting or a worship night. But revival is sustained, is saying yes, regardless of how you feel. And that's something that I would love to see us as a, as a church body. And I, when I say church body, I don't mean just the awakening. Like this is, I'm, you know, I'm in communion with a lot of other people and a lot of other bodies. I just want to see us say yes to whatever it is he wants to burn up. Whatever it is. And when you think about eternity, when you think about the cost of our lives, when you think about what you're destined for, that whatever needs to be burned up doesn't hold a candle to what God has for you and wants to replace. He wants to fill you and give you something better. I've seen uh, an illustration one time that um, there was a little girl in this picture, and she had a teeny tiny teddy bear. And she didn't want, Jesus was saying, give that to me. And she was saying no. But behind Jesus, he had a big old life-size teddy bear that was as big as he was. And I just get that picture for some for so many of us this morning that there's something that we that he wants to he wants us to give him. It doesn't even have to be sin. It just has to it could be anything. Anything. And he just wants to give us a bigger version of that thing. And he wants us he just wants to surprise us with something. So I just want us to I don't want us to hesitate anymore. I don't want us to be scared to obey anymore. I don't want us to be so wrapped up in the what ifs and the what nots and the buts and this and the that. And I just want us to say yes a little bit faster. And I am preaching to myself. I mean, <laughs> literally, y'all, this is, oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> and so um, I, I just want, like, I was saying earlier about when you see the heart of God for somebody that you have forgiven, have not forgiven, whatever that is. Sometimes when we see the heart for heart of God for somebody that is in a great place, they're just not pursuing their call, whether it's yourself even or a friend. It's just it stirs you. It's like, wow, um, eternity is within reach. Change the way we think. For the kingdom of heaven is within reach. That's what that means when it means at hand. And so when we pray for a greater awareness of heaven and a greater awareness of daddy God and a greater awareness of Holy Spirit, of Jesus, then it's in those moments that we become more aware and we can activate ourselves better to be a better service to our community. And that's what we're here. Like we're, we're servants to serve those that we don't understand. We are here to serve those that um, that don't understand us, and they don't have to. All they know is like that is something I have never seen before. You know, in the Bible Belt, most people here have um, heard the gospel or some form of the gospel, whether they heard it in church growing up or now you hear it in the street corner downtown Athens. They've heard it somewhere, 
And so our strategy in showing people Jesus has to become a little more gentle. You know, it's no longer just like, you know, Jesus died and saved your soul and repent. And it's not just that. It's I'm going to do choose to do life with you for a season until the Lord either saves you or he gives me another assignment, whatever that looks like. And that person over time gets to know you and they say, huh, this is not like what I've seen before. And then they somehow they know you're a Christian, but you're not like any other Christian they've ever seen or experienced. And so this body does an incredible job of loving people well. Like that is just something that I feel like we do really, really well. But I just want to see more of those curious sinners walk in and leave a saint. Because it's salvation, our identity changes. If you continue to believe you're a sinner, you're going to sin in faith. And so, yes, you can go a day without sinning. Like uh, Pastor Steve was saying last Sunday, the thought is not the sin, it's the action of it. So think about the worst thought you've ever had, and then imagine Jesus having that thought. Kind of feels gross, doesn't it? But he didn't act, and he just showed you that you can have these thoughts because that's how the enemy attacks us is through thoughts. And the only kind of power he has is the power we think we can give him through agreement. That's it. Other than that, the moment we change our mind about something, he flees. I love thinking about the enemy fleeing. The fact that he is that terrified of us in reality. And he lurks behind corners and he tries to whisper things into our ears. It's like, are they going to agree yet? Are they going to agree yet? And as long as you keep disagreeing with the enemy and agreeing with God, he flees. He runs away terrified like a skittish cat. Like, what? doesn't that make the enemy seem so much smaller, so much more petty? And doesn't that also make you feel a little more clean? It's like, wow, so that thought's not mine. That did not originate in me. So I want us to, I just, I just want us to agree with God. I guess that is the, like, one line that it boils down to. I want us to agree with God. What would happen? So I want us to take a few minutes, and whether it's on your phone or if you have a journal that you want to do it in, and I want us to write down some areas in our lives that we have not agreed with God in. So I'll give you a couple seconds to do that. Where have you not agreed with God? For some of you, it's going to be, I haven't agreed with God about the way I look. For some of you, it's going to be that you have not agreed with God about um, how smart you are. Many of you believe that you're stupid. That's just, you know, not true. God doesn't make stupid creatures. But you can't make a goldfish climb a tree. Albert Einstein. Anybody?
for some of you, you're going to s- realize that you haven't agreed with God on just your calling because your calling terrifies you. You've heard him. You've heard it loud and clear. You're like, nope. I'll give you an example for me. Um, I knew when I was really, really young that I was meant to speak. I'm an introvert. I don't like that. I don't like the thought of being in front of all these people and sharing my heart. But in the surrender, he has shown me that it's not me speaking, it's him. And so what if we were to have faith that he's the one to steward us in our processes and in our callings, and we don't have to get ourselves, we don't have to do something to obtain something. But just because he said yes and we said yes back, it happens. It, like, crazy speeds. It's amazing how quickly something resolves when we finally agree. And then another thing that I just had this thought of, you may um, disagree with God about um, about some of your creativity, about your parents, about your children. You may not be seeing your children. Your p- children may be rebelling right now, and you may not have totally agreed with the Lord on um, how he sees them and how he wants you to pray for them. How, many, how much more reconciliation reconciliation would happen is if our fathers and mothers had wide open arms when the prodigal child returned and didn't have an if and or but beside it no condition love takes care of all that stuff that we have a hard time with and so since you've written that down or typed it out I just want you to write the opposite I want you to write what God says over that because you hear from him I don't have to tell you Sometimes it feels like you don't hear from him because it's just so easy. It's too easy. It's like, oh. So, write down the opposite. We're about to change the way we think. I want us to reach heaven. Change the way you think, for the kingdom of heaven is within reach. So some of you are going to touch heaven today, whether it's the first time or for the first time in a really long time. And I just want you to experience that. It's so easy. You don't have to be, look like a a particular way. You don't have to pray perfectly. What is perfect prayer anyways? I mean, what is that? I mean, just like I have a conversation with my husband, it's my conversation with God. Your conversations with each other is a conversation with God. Something that I notice a lot in Scripture is that Jesus never said amen. And so amen was basically a period. So shall it be. Because his conversation was continuous, never stopped. And so so shall it be is good. Amen's good. I'm just saying, what if we started practice, ha- practice having continuous conversation with God? That in the morning it wasn't, Lord, help me through my day, amen. But it was, Lord, help me. 30 minutes later, he gives you a really good idea. Oh, I could do that. Or, wow, that person needs love today. Whatever that is. So this I want you to take, and I want you to read it at least three more times and what God says over it. And I want you to pay attention to your thought processes. This is literally taking thoughts captive. 
again, the thought's not the sin, but how fun is it that when we get to, when a thought enters, we get to dispute it as Jesus disputed Satan and gave him all of Scripture. That's what makes this so hard. There may be partial truths in some of those things, and then that's where we get wrapped up is we see the partial truth and we forget that part of it was a lie and then we take all of it in as truth. So in conversation with God, give those things to Him. Just, it's as simple as saying, nope, I ain't doing that no more. Or yes, I'm going to do that. It's that simple. It, we don't, no frou-frou, no cherry on top, it's just the batter. This is foundational, just simple applicable revelation that I want all of us to take in our hands and apply to our own lives. And when other people, when we start hearing other people speak lies over themselves or over somebody, all you have to say is like, wow, you know, um, that's a, you know, I can, I can tell you really hurt in that area. What, how can we pray for them? And all dishonorable conversation goes out the door. Um, I say I like to laugh, and then I got all serious on you. I like to throw you for a loop. Oh, y'all. I'm not very long-winded. I'm growing in that area, preaching longer, speaking longer. Um, My husband helps me with that. That man has a gift of talking. Seriously. He's an incredible talker. You can sit there and listen to his stories all day long. Whereas I told you the house was burning down, he tells you what color the fire was and what color the sky was in that time. It's great. It's captivating. And I also, I just, I really wanted to keep this, what it is, is simple. Give you a few options. You know, give you a few tools that I know, and then you get you get to choose whether or not you can apply that, whether or not you'll get to use it. It's in your hands. It's one of those. It's, it's one of those things where it's like God gives it to you, and then are you going to use it or not? And that's it's like okay, well, if you're hesitant about using it, Daddy, how do I use it? You know. Just, if you have to be spoon-fed, if you have to be held by the hand for the next year, 10 years, until you are confident in God in you, he'll do it. He will do it. And so, I want to, I just, I'm just focused on this mind thing right now. I just, I want to give us this invitation. Um like a Jewish marriage, like a Jewish wedding. Uh, The father arranges the marriage, the fathers. And the groom sits at a table, brides across the way, and the groom pushes wine across the table to the bride. And though the marriage is arranged, and though the groom chooses the bride, the bride can can choose, she can sip of the cup, or she can pass it back to say no. And so every Sunday... 
Every time you read scripture, every time you hear from God, you are choosing whether or not you're going to drink the cup or you're going to pass the cup back. And so I want us to sip the cup a little more. It's not the bitter wine that he had to drink on the cross. It's not, you know, some, it's not painful. It's glorious. It's the, it's the wine that he, that he made at the wedding at Cana. It's joy. It's freedom. And so what would, it, what would it look like if we decided on freedom rather than holding on to the things that we're just so comfortable with? What would it look like if we saw all that we had, but when Jesus shows us a greater treasure, that we sell all that we have and go and live in this field that has yet to be cultivated? But in this field that has yet to be cultivated, the cool thing is, is that Daddy's doing it with you. And so it's going to happen a lot faster and a lot bigger than you could ever imagine. I'm literally experiencing that right now. Just a, a little story. My husband and I, we've been um, praying about land and praying about um, where we needed to live and how much land we could afford right now. And so I was just praying for a couple acres in Clark County. And um, I was good with that. We would look for ourselves, look for ourselves, didn't work out. And then um, Stuart called Jonathan Tatum, the fellow that was up here earlier. Jonathan's a realtor, um, and he specifically has a heart for land. And we asked for his help. Within two hours of asking him for his help, he shows us 15 acres. And it was cool because he told us, he said, when you told me two acres in Clark County, I just knew, I mean, God didn't have so much better for you. And so he showed us something much better. And so, very long story short, we're going to get that property that was way bigger, way better, and way more beautiful than what I could have asked for. So, we're not, so what would happen if we agreed with God and stopped trying to make something happen for ourselves? Fill out the process. You know, if it had been a lot more restful if I was just like, okay, Lord, I feel like you're going to move us soon, you know? Just um, tell me who I need to ask for help. Jonathan, you know? And so, mm -hmm. Cindy, oh, Cindy had a, a dream that was very similar to what Casey was showing, so I just wanted to give her the opportunity just to come up here. Come on up, Cindy, and share this dream. Yeah, Casey, I feel like you were saying two major things, which is there's a real battle for souls, and we need to be all sold out in order that, that those souls can be won into the kingdom. And I know you said some other great things, but that was what I keyed in on. And I had a, had a dream, started one night, <clears throat> continued into the next. And the first night in the dream, um, I was absolutely in a battle. And the battle was raging, and the battle was obviously for souls. And guys, the time is now. The next night in the dream, I saw a clock, and it said 12.15 a.m., Sorry, I'm shaking because this was so real. Um, 12 means God's government, and 15 means rest. We rest in God's government, okay? And so what he said, there was a word next to the clock, and it was justice. And God is releasing his justice, but it's not what we usually think about justice, 
He's releasing his justice by shining his light into the dark places that people have an opportunity to repent and change. And guess what? We are the light of the world. So we need to be going into the dark places. Amen? And that was it. Well, that's so good. Um, I love confirmation. It feels good when you're in family and your family's seeing the same thing. You know, some of the things that I've said up here, the words that you may have heard over over other people, you've been feeling in your spirit for yourself or for others as well. And so um, with that, thank you, Jesus, for conviction, for your excitement over us. Daddy, I thank you that that your enough is enough is so sweet that it motivates us to say yes to you. Daddy, I thank you that you choose us, and because you have first chose us and loved us, we get to love others. John and Thomas, y'all come on up here. Ministry team, y'all can wander on up as well. If you, anything... Whatever it is you need, anything, our ministry team can pray for you. Um, Other people, you know, don't hesitate to ask your friends to pray for you. Let's change the way we think, what we, the way we see things. Ask God to give us new vision so that we can come into agreement with those things that heaven has for this place. For your church body, whether you're here as family or um, visiting, whether you're coming from out of town, Daddy, what are you saying over me and my house? Daddy, what are you saying over me and my people? And let's come into agreement with that, and let's be totally okay with whatever he tries, whatever he sends our way that challenges us, because he loves to see us grow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. Let's stand up. We're going to worship through one more song. Thank you, Casey, for bringing that word. I'll stand up. During this time, if you want to need prayer, physical healing, somebody agree with you for prayer, they'd love to do that. We love you, Jesus.